Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of Rise Up, the podcast, the best podcast in the world of lacrosse. It is a special episode. I'm here with Torch Pro member, our producer, Danny Healy. Greg Beast, Gorenlian, he's out grinding with uh, our boy Deemer Class at First Class, that awesome event we talked about a few episodes back. And Scotty, he may join later, but he's been grinding, um, you know, 42 Performance LLC goalie lessons. So I'm here with my boy, your boy, our boy, Danny Healy. How you doing, Dan? I am fantastic. Let's get it. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I know I had to fill in for you an episode. I, I almost took your job, but the fans... <laughs> The fans wanted you back, so you're in your rightful spot. But uh, happy to fill in for the boys while they're grinding. Uh, Lax is life for for Greg and Scotty, so they gotta they gotta go get that money. Lax is life for all of us. What are you talking about? But no, I listened to that episode that uh, you filled in for me. You did a great job. I was actually listening to it on a beach in Portugal, having a great time, and uh, you did a great job. And uh, I'm glad to you know chop it up with you here. I appreciate that, man. I mean, I, I'm a former, as I said in the last episode, I played lacrosse in college at Colgate. I'm a lax guy. I'm just not on the lax rat like tier yet, like you guys. Like That's a that's a different level, but I can still chop it up. I can still talk people. I know the ins and outs. I know the players. I know the game well, and uh, I'm ready to rock. We're getting you there, though. You're, you're not lax rat yet, but we're getting you there. Like Heel said, he played at Colgate. That's actually how, for the listeners, I was introduced to Heels. You know, we grew up in a similar area, both from Massachusetts. He went to Govs. I went to Belmont Hill. We crossed paths. But my best friend in high school, Joe Delaney, played lacrosse at Colgate. I uh, spent some time up at Colgate for Laxmas. That's always a good time. And uh, met Heels through that. And uh, and this is history. And now we're here recording podcasts to rise up. Now we're here. I think we lost one of your buddies that trip at Laxmas. I don't know if you woke up in the right spot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was squeezed. I actually wasn't there that weekend. That was a that was a fall weekend. But okay. I know what you're talking about. I remember yeah. I think Max Gustafson, boy, our boy who played at Brown and Colin Orr who played at Colgate with uh Heels and Joe Delaney. They were on the search for our boy AJ Vasquez, but he turned up, he's all gay, he's uh he's living his life now, so everything's okay. Colgate gets after it on and off the field. But no, you, you said it. You're getting me to the lax rat status because because I listened to the Rise Up podcast. Like you said, it's it's the number one lacrosse podcast in the world. And it's really it's really getting me into that like lax rap mode. So thank you for that. But uh yeah, man. Let's dive into the PLL weekend. So it was week two, right? Week two. And uh, you know, week two, we talked about it last week. Teams are still feeling themselves out. We talked about, I brought up a point with Greg last week about how we went from watching college across Memorial Day weekend to week one of PLL, and it's it's a different brand of lacrosse. Not that it's better or worse, it's just different. These teams are, you know, week one, week two, they're feeling themselves out, and it's definitely new. You know, you only have about a week of training camp to feel each other out, get used to each other, get chemistry. And we talk about all the time, these players coming off of NLL. We saw this week a lot of chaos players back. We know that they're very heavily Canadian influenced, and they have a lot of box players. They had a lot of players that were on the Bandits um, that made it to the championship and won the NLL championship. So we definitely saw a new chaos team this week, and we definitely saw um, chemistry blooming this week. 
Yeah, I think, uh, why don't we just, I was going to save the Chaos game for the fourth and final game because of the fourth and final game of the weekend, but why don't we start there? Because I know our guy, Josh Byrne, um, he actually had the OT winner in that game for the Chaos to win 14-13 over the Cannons, and if I'm not mistaken, he was the guy, he was on the Bandits, you said that won the NLL championship, right? Exactly, yes, he was. Yeah, so I mean, what a stud coming back, scoring the OT winner, Chaos, 14 Cannons, 13. Um, Byrne went 3-1 and one that game. But, uh, yeah, what did you think of that game? So there's a couple things. You know, we talked about, you know, the Chaos lost week one in overtime to the Water Dogs, and it was a very low-scoring game. This week, you know, more of the norm, 14-13. And, like you said, Josh Byrne, overtime winner. A couple things stick out to me. You know, Blaze being Blaze, we've had him on the pod. Great episode. If you haven't listened to that, tune in. Go Stop. find it in our Rolodex. He's a character. Saved at 56%, 14 saves. That's, you know, that's probably a bad day for him. I talked about last week in terms of the cannons. I would like to see the cannons try out um, Cursed in the cage. They still went with Gittleman. He saved it at 40%. That's, you know, under 50%. Not going to do it for you. We always talk about, we've talked about it last year, we talked about it this year. Cannons are rebuilding. Um, you know, we had Hartzell on. He talked about how this new team was. We talked about last week how Kavanaugh in his interview said, you know, they're all trying to prove something. And they're, it's just like I feel like I'm a broken record saying that the Cannons are just right there. You know, they are still just right there. They lost this game in overtime to, you know, a team that was in the championship last year. But it's a loss, right? So it's tough to – Take positives out of this if you're the Cannons. You know, Holman was 3-1. and one. Um, You know, Greg last week talked about them trying FOP at the face-off X. They went with um, Kelly. He did a good job. He was 15-25. They The Cannons have the pieces, but they're, they're just, like, so close. They can't – I don't want to say they can't figure it out. I think they will. But I just saw on the waiver wire, our boy Dan Arrestia tweeted out, they picked up – Kate Van Raphorst off the waivers. The Atlas dropped him. It's a big pickup for the Cannons. I think that will help them out down at the defensive end. So I think for the Cannons, they're they're trending upwards with that pickup. I'm interested to see them this week in Columbus. But, you know, for the Chaos, winning this early is big for them, right? Usually we see their NLL guys come in, takes them some time, right? The Chaos playbook is they lose a bunch of games. Then all of a sudden they turn it on late, they make the playoffs, and they make a run. So yeah. it's it's an interesting game, interesting result, but it was a great game to watch for sure. Yeah, and one last comment too. I'll just go back to Josh Byrne because I feel like Josh Byrne is the best athlete in the PLL. Like I, I was watching that goal. I don't know what – I think he got inside on someone and the, he finished. Like he, he is the best athlete in the PLL, I think, hands down. I, I don't want to say he's underrated because he is so fucking good. But he, he almost doesn't get as much respect as he deserves, right? Like, this guy dominates in both leagues. And, I, and we talked about this when we had him on. Like, he's a star in both leagues. And his presence was felt early and often throughout the whole game, and he buries the OT winner. Yeah, like you said, he got inside, gave him a little rocker, his defenseman fell, and he just, you know, stuck one. And he got, like, yeah. within 5-5, five and five and... Was the goalie couldn't? I mean, Gittleman couldn't do anything on that. No. Last thing on this game, uh, gotta shout out my boy Brian Minikis, who uh, Colgate alum. He talked to Gino, so shout out to Minnow. Um, I but, saw. 
I speaking of him, I saw a stat from uh, our boy Joe Keegan that week one he had the most touches. They're tracking touches now in the PLL, and he had the most wow. touches of the ball of anyone else in the league. So it shows how much the chaos value him that basically the offense is running through him, that he's touching yeah. the ball the most. So it's pretty cool. He was a freshman when I was a senior at Colgate, and kid was a stud. He, I mean, he touched the ball, same thing. He was a rookie, and he was the guy leading our offense at X. Like, he's a speed dodger. He can make people miss, and he's a stud. So he'll do well in the PLL. One last thing there. I saw some funny clip with him week one. So week one, PLL was in Albany um, in their football stadium. And in the PLL, the end line's five yards shorter. And so it's right on the goal line of the, of the end line the, at the Albany Stadium. And he steps on the end line because a week before, he was playing with Georgetown at Albany in the, in the NCAA tournament, and you can go back there. So he was just working the ball around at X. He steps on the back end line. He pulled a – what's it called? What's, what's the yeah. quarterback's name? Uh, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, yeah, he pulled an Orlovsky. Yeah, he pulled an Orlovsky. I actually think the PLL tweeted at Orlovsky. So it was pretty funny to see. And he's a lax guy. Orlovsky, uh, he's a lacrosse yeah. guy. He loves lax. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so let's jump over to another one-goal game. We had three of them this weekend, which is wild. And it's Same as last weekend. Three last weekend, too? Yep, three last weekend, too. It's also wild because every spread in the PLL is a, a, a goal and a half, 1.5. So, like, it's tough. It's tough to pick them out there. Greg talks about it all the time. You know, he takes the money lines. Um, yeah, Because smart. All, these goal, all these games are, you know, so close. But what game are you going to throw at me? Uh, Atlas 12, Whip Snakes 11. The Whip Snakes are 0-2. Chris Gray had the game winner with 18 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Um, Jeff Teat went 3-2. and two. This was the game on ABC this weekend, their premier game, um, and it was, a, it was a great game. Okay. You brought up Chris Gray's winner. Great take, great goal. I don't know if you saw the clip on that. It was the biggest moving pick I have ever seen. As someone, for me, I don't know if the listeners know, but when I was in college, my job was off ball. I set a shit ton of picks, and I got called for my fair share of moving picks. So I know when a pick is moving and when a pick is a good pick. And you can get away with some, but this pick that was set for Chris Gray to get free for this goal was the biggest moving pick I've ever seen. If you pull up the clip... I forget who the player was. It might have been Costabile. I'm not positive. He runs into Chris Gray's defenseman and then allows Chris Gray to get topside, and he sticks an awesome shot coming up the hash. Great goal, great take, great shot. But, I mean, it needs to be called. Is and, there is there is there going to be review, like uh, video review in the PLL? Is that a thing? Because I know in the NCAA, obviously, there's crease gate. So there is video review and challenges in the PLL in terms of, you know, crease goals. I don't know. I feel like if it could have been reviewed, it would have been reviewed. That's how blatant it was. It was insane. But, I mean, I don't want to get stuck on that too much. It was a good game. I was pretty harsh on the Atlas last week. Um, I wasn't impressed with them week one. You know, week two, beating the Whipsnakes, huge. Whipsnakes have Zed back. They still beat them. They held Zed to shooting for, I think, two for ten. That's a, you know, that's a bad day for Zed, and it's unlike Zed. And, you know, they did it. The Atlas defense did a great job on him. Um, Con Cannon and Cage did his job. But also, you know, Burnlore for the Whipsnakes, you know, he saved it at 60%. He did a great job. Uh, it was a great back-and-forth game. Whipsnakes at 0-2, it's definitely um, not where they're used to be, right? 
I would say in the in the short lifespan of the PLL, the whip snakes, this is a good analogy for me and you because, you know, we're from Massachusetts. The whip snakes are basically the Patriots. They just win. They find ways to win. And, you know, they haven't won the championship, you know, last year or the year before. But, you know, they're basically the dynasty of the PLL. And starting 0-2, I think I saw some tweets um, our boy Shane, who's been, done a great job with the Twitter um, recently. Shout out Shane. He's been great. He, also, I follow think, us on Twitter, Rise Up Pod on Twitter. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter for sure. We are blasting out some takes. We're trying to engage with our fans. If you um, you know tweet back at us and have a good take, we'll definitely shout you out on the pod. But So I think Shane tweeted, you know, is it cause for concern for the Whip Snakes being 0-2? And it was a resounding no, absolutely not. You know, the whip if snakes. I'm a betting man. I'm hammering the whip snakes' future to win the PLL. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? That's um, free money. I was yeah. also pretty hard last week on Romar Dennis. I think he, he last week we we shouted out that he shot 0 for 8. This week, you know, he potted a two pointer. That's his game. If he can get a two pointer for the Atlas, you know, he's doing his job. So. I didn't think he took less shots. I think he was one for five and with a two bomb. And I think he also had a helper. So, you know, Romar being more efficient is what's going to make the Atlas, you know, turn. That's good for them. Um, Greg, wait, Greg would be fucking pissed at us if he was on here and we talked about this game and we didn't shout out Baptiste at the X. I mean, he had a great game at the X. Yeah, shout him out for sure. Yeah, so what, he was like 15 for 23, so like, Trevor Baptiste is doing Trevor Baptiste things. I was going to say, I almost didn't shout him out because Trevor going 65% or whatever that is, that's that's par, right, is for it? him. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, for, I guess. for that's like. I guess it, the rookie too, Peter Las, uh, Petey LaSala. Totally. But for, I mean, yes, we should shout it out. Because 65% is what's going to make teams win games. I mean, Petey Sala went 9 for 23. 39%. Yeah. Yes, Trevor went against a rookie, whatever. Petey did great week one. Um, but I guess, you know, it flew over my head for a second because that's just what we expect out of Trevor. You know, he's what the best expect. faceoff player in the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, in, yeah, in terms ahead. of the Atlas, that's what's going to make them turn, right? Trevor winning faceoffs. On Cannon making saves. I know I love that Greg and uh, Scotty aren't on here right now because they love talking about how important face-off and goalie positioning are, but it's true. Wow, right? They love it, it. They love it, but it's true. If if you can win face-offs and you can make saves, there's a really good fucking chance you're going to win the game. Absolutely. I also would love to shout out um, Brennan Curry for the Atlas. He potted a hat trick. He's a second-year player out of Syracuse, and I think he was, like, a little bit under the radar in terms of PLL status. He had a great career at Syracuse, and he's just doing his thing, earning himself a spot in the roster week in, week out. He had a goal last week. He had three goals this week. I mean, that's awesome. He was second in the team in scoring after Jeff Teat, who, like, similar to Trevor— we're going to glance over Jeff T going three and two because we just always assume he's going to go three and two. But right. no, shout out to Brennan Curry for, you know, doing his thing, potting a few goals. Um, congrats to him. That's awesome. 
if you want to see a funny clip involving Brendan Curry, look up. You know how College Lacrosse does those pump up videos? Like every year, it's like 2020 mm-hmm. College Lacrosse pump up video. So that one, that year, 2020, I graduate 2019. The first, like, in the first minute, you'll see Brennan Curry just crossing up a short stick D mid from Colgate. It's me. Just, like, absolutely <laughs> crosses me I up. Mean, how fast is he? He's so oh fast. Oh, my God. It was the fourth quarter. Hey, and we also won that fucking game in the dome. <laughs> and so let's fucking go. But, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. So I need to I need to work that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, whip snakes down 0-2, start the season. But like you said, I expect them to bounce back. 100%. Cool. Well, let's jump over to another one goal game and another or a two O team, the Redwoods. They won 10, nine of the water dogs last year's reigning champs. Ryder Garnsey, our guy, Ryder Garnsey is off to a hot start. He leads the PLL in goals with eight, two more than the next player. Um, but yeah, the Redwoods are two and O and they look pretty damn good. I was going to say is, is Ryder a dark horse for PLL MVP this year? I mean, yeah, well, right now he, he'd, he'd be up there. Uh, he said on the podcast his goal is to make All-Star Weekend, um, and it's looking pretty good right now. No, you're absolutely right. I don't want to say it's a rise-up bump, but he's, he's out of the gates running. He, we talked about last week he made a joke, luck of the Irish. You know, he's uh, on the coaching staff for Notre Dame. They won the national championship, and now he's out of the gates firing. Um, you know, Rob Pinnell, I talked about last week how he's – done such a great job getting other people involved in the offense he was three and one this week so people probably weren't sliding to him as much he said okay i'll call my own number i'm gonna go three and one we is, talked about is Rob still elite like is he still elite because i know absolutely are you kidding yeah. me yeah just he as an is... average fan i don't know rob pinnell is if you went into a lab and made probably the most prototypical best X attackman you could make it's Rob Pinnell you know then you have you have guys like Sowers Ament who are not far off and they're younger in their career but at this point for Rob Pinnell doing what he's doing this far along in his career he's still producing at an insane rate and he's controlling this Redwoods offense and you know like you said they're 2-0 and he's doing his job good for Rob Pinnell then I didn't know um, TD Ireland. I mean, he's still he's still one of the best faceoff guys in the league. Listen, there's a reason that the two faceoff guys for Team USA is is TD and Trevor. Right. Trevor is the best faceoff guy in the world, and TD Ireland is the second best faceoff guy in the world. With, granted, you know Nardella tore his ACL. He's out right now. He's rehabbing. I know he's getting right, but in terms of who's playing right now, yeah, it's the number two is TD, and mm-hmm. and he chipped in a goal this week for them as well. Um, we saw a ton of distribution. I know 10-9, in my opinion, is still low scoring. I don't know what the total was for this game, but it had to be under. Um, we talked about this is the second week in a row the Water Dogs haven't put up double-digit goals, you know, coming off a championship. You know, yes, they right. won week one, but, you know, now 10-9 week two. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with their offense in terms of you know, they have Sowers. They have McCardle. McCardle had a career year last year. They have Connor Kelly, who, you know, member of Team USA, who scored the OT winner last week. They're, they're figuring things out. I wouldn't push the panic button yet if I'm a Water Dogs fan, but it's definitely cause for concern. Yeah, I mean, 
I think like you hear all the time, right? The Super Bowl hangover is like one of the more cliche things in sports. I think that's a real phenomenon across all sports. Like you win a championship, you're coming into the next season and you have a little bit of like a relaxed mindset. Like you're not like, Oh, I need to go prove myself and win a championship. Like they have, they, they can come into the season like a little bit more relaxed. I think that's what's happening. It'll kick them in the ass and they'll, they'll get it going later in the season. But like the Super Bowl hangover is happening to the water dogs right now. That's an interesting point. Um, you know, the water dogs, they started DeLuca again this week. Um, he did a great job. He saved it at 58%. But they have Dylan Ward. He came off the, his NOL season, probably resting him up. He is definitely a linchpin for the Water Dogs team. It starts from the ground up. It starts from the goalie position. He definitely, you know, he makes a big save. I remember being at the PLL Championship last year, and the chaos, you know, would go on runs. And all of a sudden, he makes a big save. It's up and out the other way. He has a fantastic break where, you know, his middies, short stick D middies, LSMs, no, if he, he's making a save, you better break. He just lobs it out, sends them on their way, and it turns into offense for the Water Dogs. So he's definitely an important part. It's interesting that Ward was available this week for the Water Dogs, and they still went with DeLuca. And not that DeLuca did a bad job. He saved it at 58%. So he's DeLuca's doing his job, but I still think that the Water Dogs will transition Ward back into the mix. So it'll be interesting to see next week in Columbus. I don't know. I'm not worried if I'm a Water Dogs fan. I think they're going to figure it out. They have, you know, unbelievable players on offense. I think we talked about Ryder Garnsey being a dark horse for MVP. I still think, you know, the most versatile, also probably most valuable player in the league, Zach Currier. He does it all. He is a weapon on offense. He takes face-offs. He can play defense. He has that Canadian tenacity in him, and he doesn't take bullshit. He, he's always in the top of the league in ground balls. And, uh, you know, it's a cliche saying that, you know, probably middle school lacrosse coaches say, but ground balls win games. They do. They do. Um, one last point on the Redwoods. I want to see my boy Miles Jones get going. He, he's he's my, one of my good guys. He is my first recurring guest on my podcast, Pass the Torch, so I'm always a big Miles Jones fan. But he didn't do much in this game, and I want to see him get the ball. I want to see him get downhill and get that fucking rocket of a shot off. So I want to see Miles Jones get going this season. I think you bring up a good point. It's him and Sergio Perkovic are more or less a two-headed monster. They're probably the, yeah. the two most athletic guys in the PLL. Yeah, both of them haven't gotten going necessarily yet, but when they do, the Redwoods midfield turns into just a different animal. When you have Perkovic, Jones, uh, Nakai Montgomery, Jules, those guys just you know caught drawing slides, being threats, two bomb threats. Yeah, that once that gets going, once that gets clicking. That will be a dangerous Redwoods Lethal. offense. And also, I want to shout out uh, my boy Kirst. Um, Colin Kirst, or excuse me, Cole Kirst. My boy Connor Kirst, younger brother, made his PL debut for the Redwoods. Potted two goals, had one helper. Awesome oh, yeah. showing from him. So congrats to the Kirst family. They're the best. And uh, keep killing it, Cole. Yeah, we had a Kirst brother on the show. So shout out the Kirst family. 
Um, all right, let's move into the final game of the weekend. Um, this was actually the first game of the weekend, but it was the only game that wasn't a one-goal game. So Archers 12, Chrome 7. The Archers now are 2-0 and led by Tommy Schreiber, the best player in the world. I think we talked about who's our MVP favorite right now. It's probably Tommy Schreiber. I think he leads the league in points with 10. Um, he had six on, uh, on on last week in week two. So, Yep, Archers 12, Chrome Chrome 7, you're Chrome, but what, what do you got here? Okay, so before we get into this breakdown, I'm going to air out a personal grievance a little bit. Let's hear it. Tom Schreiber had a play, and I think it got on SportsCenter Top 10, where he— Oh, you sent this in our chat. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So, no, Tom's was a good play. He comes down the alley, bounces out, you know, in stride, throws a behind-the-back pass— to the crease, to Connor Fields, who buries it. Unbelievable play. Awesome play. But I think that was like the eighth play on the top ten plays. And like number three was this play from Xander Dixon where there was a loose ball, and he whacks at the loose ball. And it goes to, uh, what the hell is the guy's name, who uh, played at Denver, who played, who's the attackman for the Atlas. I'm blanking right now. Couldn't tell you, but keep telling your story, and I'll let you know. Whatever. So, he wha- Xander Dixon whacks at the ground ball. It bounces to his teammate, who buries it in backdoor. And PLL Instagram, PLL Twitter, SportsCenter Twitter, ESPN Twitter, P- whatever. All of the social media. What a bounce pass from Xander Dixon. What skill, blah, blah, blah. Eric Law. Eric Law, thank you. He buried it. And... It, it was a good, it was a good play. It was a scrappy play where I think Chris Gray was dodging. Defensive made a good play. The ball bounces on the ground to Xander Dixon, who takes a whack at it, who was clearly trying to put the ball in the net. The ball bounces to Eric Law, who buries it on the backside. Was it a cool play? Yes, absolutely cool play. Unbelievable circumstance, hand-eye coordination from Xander Dixon, hand-eye coordination from Eric Law, who was able to finish it. Was that play better than Tom Schreiber going down the alley in traffic, bouncing it out in stride, throwing a behind-the-back pass in the crease through traffic to Connor Fields? Absolutely not. And that's my, like, beef with the Twitter and gassing up, like, real lacrosse fans and people who are viewing realize what's intentional and what's not. And even even my dad texted me this week. It was like, oh, LOL at your tweet about that in quotations bounce pass. He's 60 years old. He knew that wasn't a bounce pass. So whatever. That's my little shtick there. Well, hey, wait, I appreciate I appreciate your gripe on this, right? Like as a lax fan and as as a lax rat, like anyone listening to this podcast right now, 25 minutes into the show, they're lax fans. But I will say, yes, the Tommy Shriver play was better than the Xander Dixon bounce pass in quotations. But I am pumped to see lacrosse in Sports Center top ten. We want to grow the game, right? We want to get this in front of more fans, more eyeballs. Like, put more lacrosse in the ESPN and top ten, and uh, I'll be happy. So, I, and, I appreciate your gripe as a lax rap, but like, I'm happy to see it in the Sports Center top ten. And you're 100 percent correct. That was the biggest um, reply back that I got was that you know it's good to see lacrosse right. in Sports Center top ten, and that's absolutely correct. 
I just want them to get it right. There's enough top sure. 10 plays to go around. Uh, Put and, Sander Dixon at 10 and uh, Schreiber in the top two. Exactly, two. exactly. So it's, it's, you know, nitpicking, but you're exactly right in the greater good of all things lacrosse. Lacrosse being on the top 10 plays for the PLL, for lacrosse in general, is what is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so, yeah, what do you got? Any takes on this game from your Chrome that lost? Yeah, so I am on record a Chrome fan. I love, you know, how much fun they have, and I think that they are, I call them the Island of Misfit Toys, where, you know, they were bottom of the league for a couple years, and now they they seem to figure things out. But before, wait, I I thought of another thing before you dive into kind of your breakdown here. So you're talking about being a a Chrome fan, right? So – when the PLL goes to this city-based format next year and say the Chrome are some random city out west, right? Are you still going to be a Chrome fan? Or when the Cannons come back to Boston, are you going to be a Boston Cannons guy? Because, like, obviously I'm a Boston guy, big Bostonian sports fan. As soon as Boston gets named a team, I'm going to I'm gonna be the biggest Boston PLL fan there is. That's but a good like, point. I'm just curious, from, like, from your take, like, are you still going to be attached to the Chrome or are you going to be like, I'm a Boston guy? No, that's a good point. To be completely honest, yes, I root for the Chrome, but I am a fan of the whole league in general, and I definitely gravitate towards teams of players who are on the teams that I know or have played with, and I root for them for sure. Definitely where I'm from takes into account, and you know, playing for the Cannons in my past life in the MLS True. definitely True. takes into account, but I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely not tied to anything, even if – All right. The Cannons go to Boston. I think my allegiance towards players that I've played with or players that I'm a fan of would take precedence, and I'd root for their success over a hometown allegiance. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like that's common, too, among former athletes, too. Like, like working with NHL guys at Torch Pro, right? Like, I know a bunch of people, and now I gravitate. Like, the Florida Panthers, they're losing in Game 5 right now to Vegas. They're going to lose the Cup, but... I know Brandon Montour well, so I've been rooting for the Panthers. So, like, I know how that works. Where You know the guys that gravitate toward theirs. All right, continue, though. Um, give me your breakdown on this. So, first and foremost, I think Brett Dobson, he had 18 saves. Saved it at Stop. 72%. That is insane. Saving at 72% is ridiculous. Um, for, the, for the Atlas, the goalie for the Atlas, uh, Dobson, he stood on his head. And we talked about how dominant uh, Sisselberger was week one. He didn't have his best week week two. That didn't 49%. matter. What would you say? 49% at the Exa- end week two. Exactly. I, I see it at uh, 47. All right. I'm not a math guy. I see so, him under 50. Exactly. So uh, he didn't have his best week, and the Atlas still found a way to one. That's a sign of a good team. You know, granted, your goalie's saving it at that rate. It's going to be hard to lose. But you mentioned, you know, also, you mentioned Schreiber. He went off. He was one in five. You know, he's, I don't know if anyone in the lacrosse world, in the pro lacrosse leagues, NLL and PLL, sees the field better than him. I think when I watch him play, I feel like things move in slow motion for him. He's able to. He's just the undisputed best lacrosse player in the world. I think, like, that's just a fact. Correct. Correct. And things just move in slow motion for him. He sees not only where the slides are coming from, he knows where the second slides are going. He finds those skip lanes. Ament was out for the Atlas this week. Mm. And, you know, they still rolled. I, I mean, I don't want to say rolled. But they are. 
For the archers, you mean? Archers, excuse me. I keep saying Atlas. Archers, my bad. Um, for the archers, they still rolled. Mac O'Keefe, two goals, uh, two one-point goals, one two-point goal. I mean, he's finding his home with the archers. Connor Fields, I think he, when he was with the Chaos, he had a role. He was an awesome player. And then they kind of rebranded to this Canadian, you know, pairs offense team. And he was a little bit left out. And now that he's with the Archers, he is right back at home. He has freedom to do his thing. You know, you saw week one how creative his goal was, you know, through the legs, on the run, underhand. And he's still, he's producing at a, you know, two goals this week. He's a huge asset for them. I think he's listed as a midi, but I think he's getting some good attack runs, especially with Ament out, who's their quarterback. They're still able to get production. Obviously, they have Tom Schreiber uh, initiating from the midfield, but great, great game, great win if you're an Archers fan. They show that they can win in different ways this week, and that's what I think makes them so dangerous. And I think they're my favorite. I don't know what the odds are right now, but they're my favorite for a PLL championship right now for sure. I know it's week two. It's probably too early to say so, but they're looking they're looking sharp. My next question is going to be, who's your overreaction after two weeks? Who's your, who's your favorite to win it all? But you're going archers. Archers. 100% archers. Their offense is, is clicking right now for week two more so than anyone else. I think the whips will get there once they get Brad Smith back. They had Zed back in the lineup this week. He's working his way back in. But right now, the way the archers are clicking, once they get a ment back, they're so dangerous. And then, not to mention, on the defensive end, they have, you know, Latrell Harris, who's probably the he, – we talk about – I was mentioning he's, underrated players. He's very underrated. Uh, our boy Dan Arestia, he's huge on this guy. He, I think he won Defensive Player of the Year in the NLL this year for uh, his team. So that shows wow. how well decorated he is in the NLL. And I think field lacrosse fans are seeing how good of a player he is. This is his either second or third year in the PLL, but really getting a chance to shine. Uh, Graham Hosack's on defense for uh, the Archers, who is an absolute beast. And he had seven ground balls this week. He's an absolute vacuum. They have Jared Connors, who played at UVA, who is a beast uh, as an LSM. He's filling in seamlessly um, for their departure of... Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, number two played at Loyola I, I can't think of it right now but he left and Jared Connors is filling in seamlessly and the defense the goaltending we talked about Dobson Dobson up to the defense up to the defensive middies up to the midfield up to the attack this is a well-oiled machine um, if you are an Archers fan so I think they're definitely my front runner right now book them book them on the em. flip side I'm looking at the Chrome roster Honestly, like, I, who's their guy? Like, I could look at any other roster in the PLL and I could be like, oh, yeah, he's their guy. Like, I see Logan Wisnowskis. Yeah, sure. Is it Ferrara? Is it is it Mora? Like, who who's their guy? So that's a good point. And last year, their guy was Nick Turn. Uh, Brendan Nick Turn, who played at uh, yeah. Army. Army. 
And right now he's unavailable to play. You know, he's doing his duties for the U.S. Army. He's serving our country. So credit to him, first off. But Shout out him. 100%. And last year he was their quarterback down at attack. This year Jackson Morrill's filling in, and he's doing a great job. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned as a Chrome fan in that aspect. I think Wisnowskis needs to get going a little bit more than he is. I think last year he came from college season into PLL season, and we talked about this last week with Greg, how much of an advantage these college guys do have coming right in, playing, how sharp they are. I think he's shaken off some rust a little bit. He is definitely one of their guys, Wisnowskis. He's probably, you know, two, maybe one. And so he needs to get going a little bit more. Uh, In terms of the midfield, we talked about Sam Hanley, you know, how perfect he was last week. I talked about last week how perfect of a draft pick he was for the Chrome, taking pressure off the other midfielders. He didn't have his best game. And, you know, we're going to have him on next week, you know, a little preview for the next week. Big, big interview. Pump up Sam, Sam big, on. Big interview with Sam next week. You know, one of the premier PLL rookies. And I'm sure he'll even come on and say he didn't have his best game this week. Uh, I think he is a big part of if this team is going to spin, especially on offense. Uh, he is probably going to get the pole. And if he does his job, you know, he doesn't need to dice up the pole and get to the cage and bury a goal. He just needs to draw a slide, get the ball moving. Uh, you know, they the Chrome have Colin Heacock. I think once he gets going a little bit more, right. then that offense will get spinning. They have the pieces, and I'm still a big, big Chrome buyer. I'm not not going to overreact to them losing by the biggest margin in week two like we said it's week two these guys are still figuring out a lot of guys are shaking rust off a lot of guys are coming in from an nll season so it's it's a feeling out process and the way the pll works right we saw it last year with the chaos sneaking into the playoffs you know i think all the teams but two i think six out of eight make the playoffs so it's it's almost you know the the regular season means a lot but it's almost just like get into the playoffs and let's see what happens. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's a wrap on week two. And, uh, Sibes, I am very much impressed by your knowledge and, and, and into these games. And so uh, well done without your co-hosts there, uh, Greg and, and Scotty. Um, but, yeah, that's a wrap on week two. And we have his overreaction. Archers are winning the championship. Uh, the Cannons are screwed. Whip Snakes, they're not done yet. Atlas look good. Redwoods look good. Dogs. And they're on that Super Bowl hangover. But that's a wrap on week two. Well done. There it is. All right. Well, uh, you mentioned it. Sam Hanley. He's coming on the show next week. We're pumped to do that. I think he wins Rookie of the Year. Hope he does. Um, But I want to dive into some week three mortal locks. So we're going to pick all four games. You're going to pick them um, because you're the expert here. No one should listen to my picks. Experting uh, uh, quotations. Yeah, exactly. Um, Columbus, Ohio. PLL is heading up to Ohio. Um, should be a good venue for it. Um, but Friday night, we got Water Dogs versus the Atlas. Should be a good matchup. Atlas are the favorites here. Um, every spread's a goal and a half. But uh, who you got, Atlas, Water Dogs? So I'm not surprised that the Atlas are the favorites. 
judging from the water dogs first couple of weeks, you know, I talked about how their low production on offense might be a little bit of a cause for concern. I am going to go with the underdogs water dogs here. I'm, I mentioned week one, I wasn't impressed with the Atlas. I do think the Atlas have the pieces to the puzzle, but I think uh, Dylan Ward is going to start in cage this week for the Water Dogs. I think that's going to be a big, just emotional bump for them. And I think that offensively they're going to they're going to figure it out. And I think that it'll probably be a one goal game. You know, as what it's a it's a common thread, a common theme for what we've been seeing so far this season. But I'm going to go with the Water Dogs as the underdog. Kind of wild how many games. It's great for the PLL, um, and you love seeing like. The week one, the ratings, they broke the record for most viewership for an outdoor lacrosse game. Unbelievable to see. Love to see that for the, for the league. All right, game two, Friday night. Chrome favorites versus the Cannons. Another interesting game. I don't want to say this is a must win in week three, but I think that the Cannons really need to win this game. And, you know, every year is a new year. And this is a definitely a very new Cannons team. They have a new coach. They don't have Lyle anymore. They have definitely a new crop of people. But this game for the Cannons is definitely, are, are you real? Are you going to be a competitor? Or, you know, are you going to be the same Cannons team as last year? And I know it's week two? three. Are they one on one? What would you say? Are they 0-2 or 1-1? One one? They're 0-2. That seems like a must win. Uh, yeah, I think it might be. It's it's tough to say week three, this is a must win. But just off of last year and into this year, you can't start 0-3. And I think, you know, the the guys need it on the team for their morale. And uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a tight game. I'm obviously leaning to my Chrome. I think the Chrome are going to have a big bounce back game after their loss last week. I think, you know, Scannoni didn't have his best game last week. I think he's going to be back, ready to, ready to go. He's going to be seeing the pill. And it's as cliched as it is, I'm going to say it again. It'll be a close game. It's you know There are no blowouts in the PLL, or they're very few and far between. These are all the best players in the world. They're, they don't really let games get away from each other. Uh, I think it'll be back and forth. I think the Cannons are going to be ready. I think probably in the Cannons locker room, they, like we just said, are going to look at this game like a must win. But with my allegiance to the Chrome, I, I'm rooting for their success. I think they're a fun group. I think they all have a good time, and they, they love playing with each other. So I'm leaning to my Chrome. Moneyline Chrome because you're not taking the spread. Mm-mm. Saturday games, Archers are the favorites versus the Chaos. Who you got? Yeah, this is this is a good game. It's going to be – Chaos still, I think, feeling things out, right? We we always talk about how the chaos come in on a lull because they have all their NL guys. But also, sneaky, the Archers have uh, Chalen Rogers activated this week. And I don't know if you know who Chalen is, but... No. You don't? No, no clue. He's he's like, he's a very much so Zach Courier type of player where he's a, he's a do-it-all. He played at Stony Brook, scored a million points at Stony Brook. He plays NLL, plays PLL. He does does everything. And he is definitely just – he's a very good cog in the system, but he also knows when to tap his own number and say, all right, I can take this matchup to the cage. I'm going to go score a goal. And 
that's huge for the archers uh, this this week, especially with Grant Ament being questionable still. So I think we'll see if Grant comes back. Uh, I don't know. Dane Smith didn't play last week for the chaos, and if he comes back, that's definitely a big plus for the chaos and getting all of their guys. They right the chaos. They start off week one with, for a lack of a better term, and no offense to any of those guys that are playing, but they play with a bunch of guys that are basically replacements, right? They are there to fill the spots for the NLL guys, and once the NLL guys come back, those players basically get dropped, and it's just the harsh reality of it. Of it is what it is. So the chaos are in the process of getting their guys back. If Dane Smith plays this week. That's probably the last piece of their puzzle on offense, getting him, Byrne, Frazier, Ryan Smith, all those Canadian guys who do what they do so well together. Um, it's a huge plus for the chaos. But I think I mentioned it in the last week's breakdown how the Archers are my, my favorite for the championship. I think their offense is a well-oiled machine. I think they have so many weapons to attack you from. And like I said last week, they had – you know, their face-off guy not have his best game, and they didn't have Grant Ament, and they still found a way to win. So I think this Archers team this year, I think their identity is going to be just finding ways to win. Book them. Archers. Archers money line. All right, getting into our fourth and final game. We got a 2-0 Redwoods team versus an 0-2 Whipsnakes team, but the 0-2, the defeated team, is the favorites. So the Whipsnakes gonna... are favorited over the Redwoods, which is – and, gonna... and you... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask who the favorite was because it makes sense to me that the Whipsnakes are favorited. Right. I mean, if you said week three of the PLL season, these two teams play and the, the Woods are going to be the 2-0 and team and the, the Whipsnakes are going to be the team that hasn't won yet, you'd be like, fuck no. But uh, that's where we're at. So uh, I think I feel like I know your pick because it's a bounce-back game for the Whipsnakes. has to be. I mean, we can go right up front with it. I am going with the Whipsnakes. The Whipsnakes are 0-2 with a goal differential of minus 2. They've lost yeah, two wild. games by a goal each. I mean, this team, I, I'm curious to see if Brad Smith is back in the mix because he is so important for that Whipsnakes offense. But we talk I mean, I mentioned it earlier. You know, the Whipsnakes are, in my mind, still the New England Patriots of the PLL. Mm. You know, they're not going to lose three in a row. This is definitely a bounce-back game for them. Yes, the Redwoods are 2-0. and Are they playing their best lacrosse? Probably not. The Redwoods are 2-0 and with a goal differential of plus two, right? They've won two games by a goal. and That's crazy. You look back on the season sometimes, and you go, could we have won that game? Could we have lost that game? Those are probably both games they could have lost. Good teams find a way to win. I think these are both good teams. I think the Whipsnakes are going to have a get-right game. I think it, it's just too much with, with Burn Lore in the cage, Zed back at attack, Rambo at attack. We'll see if Brad Smith is in the mix. Um, but I think that the Whipsnakes will not go on 3 I just don't see a world in that happening. No, I'm, I'm logging into my DraftKings account right now. And if you don't have DraftKings, use promo code MORNINGBLITZ, bet $5, you get a $200 free bet. Had to work that in. Hey, yo. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm logging in my my DraftKings account. I'm I'm locking in a, a whip snakes. I'm taking spread on this one. I, I think they come out and uh, they win by a few goals. Um, but sorry, right, you're bored this week. If for you betting people out there, Danny Seibel, the expert 
in lacrosse. Track the PLL, me. Yeah, the PLL expert. He's got whip snakes. He's got archers. He's got chrome. You say water dogs or atlas? Water dogs. I forget, but. You said think, water dogs. I think you water dogs. dogs. Yeah, you said water dogs. Game. Yeah, I said it's going to be so, a one goal game, but I'm leaning water dogs. That's the sheet right there in Columbus, that's Ohio. Book them. Book them. Columbus um, is going to be a cool location. I forget if they went there last year, but I'm 95% positive they're playing in that new. I don't Ohio know if State. they're playing in the new Ohio State facility or they're playing in an MLS stadium there, but regardless. As you can see from Ohio State's, you know, this past season they weren't that successful, but they're gaining popularity, they're gaining success. You can see the sport growing in that Midwest region. So I think it's going to be a great location for the PLL. I think they're going to get great crowds. Uh, I think that the TV ratings will go in line. Uh, I'll, I'll be tuning in. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be tuning in. So, you know, it's, it's just great having access to lacrosse. And I think we talked about this yeah. in the past. Having it on ESPN, having it on ABC, even on ESPN Plus, you know, pay the fourteen ninety nine. It is you get some great shit on ESPN Plus. You can watch the NHL games in the off in in the winter. You can watch any baseball game you want, and guess what? You can watch the POL. It's a great deal, and uh, I don't know why. If you're listening, if you don't have ESPN Plus, you don't have it. Go get it. And if you work at ESPN, give us a freaking brand deal after that fucking uh, promo right there. Well done. Um, but yeah, man, I agree. And, and like, uh, look, we talked, you talked about it, like the sports growing, like the see out in Columbus is cool. Like Ohio state being a good program is cool. And I think that's why we started the podcast. Right. So like getting into like the second half of the show, not, not to spend too much time on it, but like, I just want to like, we're episode 33 now. Right. So how are we feeling after 33 episodes of rise up? Like what we've accomplished a lot, man. So like we started like midway through the PLL season last year and here we are. So it's almost a full year now. But like, how are you feeling? Like, what's your vibes of the pod? Like, what? Give me, give me a little take here. It's funny you bring it up, and it's it's great having you on for this conversation because I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Memorial Day weekend. We were me and you were in Nantucket, yes. and yes. you came up to me and you told me that you know over at Torch Pro we're starting a lacrosse podcast. And me being the lax rat that I am, I said you need to find a way for me to get involved in this. And I hounded you and followed up, texted you like a couple weeks later, and you're like, all right, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We figured it out. We're 33 episodes in. I, you know, I'm so pumped with where we're at. I think we had a great transition from the college season to the PL season. I think that I've been getting more texts than ever in the past, you know, two weeks. You know, people agreeing or disagreeing with, you know, shit I've said, people engaging with me on the back end saying, you know, love this part of the episode. And I think just, you know, for me personally, that increase of engagement from like, even like my friends or, you know, acquaintances just shows how much we're growing, which is awesome. I think that what we did last year um, at the end of the PLL season in Philly was huge for us. I think that was such yeah. a cool experience. Getting our boots on the ground and engaging in fan, with fans, you see how much uh, cartoon characters, WWE characters, and legends uh, Greg and Scotty are and how many fans they have. And it was so cool to see just kids and parents and everyone in between coming up to them asking for pictures, asking for autographs. And uh, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, now that we're at the beginning of PL season, 
I'm super excited to get to that culmination and I'm expecting the crowds to be, you know, tenfold from what we had last year. I 100% agree. One of my one of my next questions was going to be like what's your like cuz you had never met Greg Renly and or Scotty Rogers prior to the podcast. It was kind of like a I, we were we were about to start it, like you said. We were, had a few mudslides, and I was like, "Oh, Scotty Rogers and Greg Beast were doing this lacrosse podcast." And you're like, "Dude, let me in, let me in." And I was like, "Yeah, uh, I'll I'll think about it," because I didn't know how serious you were. Right? I was like, <laughs> I, "Like, sure, he, he wants to do it." But then after uh, a few weeks go by, and you kept hammering every other day, I was like, "Okay, he's pretty serious." And so, got you introduced to the guys. But like, what's been like your biggest like surprise with them? And like, uh, I'll give you mine for each of them. Is like. One with Greg, like he he's a very well spoken dude. He knows his shit. Like he's put together. Like he he's dialed in um, on all fronts, and that's not just like on the podcast. Like that's all aspects of life. Like it's cool to see like what he's done with FOA um, in the sport of lacrosse, um, his family, and now like just with the podcast. So like I was surprised, and this, don't take it as a bad thing, Greg. But I was surprised to see how just like dialed in he is with everything um and with scotty just like i think he's one of the most misunderstood people um on social media honestly like he he's like such a teddy bear and like uh it's funny because the way i interacted with scotty and like that's kind of how this all came together in the first place was i interacted with scotty on social media through our morning blitz account on if you don't know morning blitz it's the newsletter that i started under subscribe Subscribe to the newsletter. Um, but like we were, I was commenting on his shit. I chirped him just like everyone else does, but it was like a funny pl- jab. And he, he came back and followed us and we went back and forth for a little bit. That's how we got started interacting. He came on my podcast. We chopped it up. And then like six months go by, I was like, dude, you should have your own podcast. Like after I was watching him like on social media, I was like, you're literally a, a superstar on, on social. And so I, I'm just surprised, like, cause like he's so misunderstood. Like he's a great dude. Uh, he's a big teddy bear and uh, I love having Scotty on the show. So those are my two like big surprises with, with Greg and Scotty. So it, it's funny because I remember when we got to the point where you realized I was serious about getting involved, you, you said, you know, we'll get you on a conference call with Greg and Scotty. And yeah. if they like you, if they like what you're about, then you're good to go. I think they were like the last barrier for my entry. And, yes. you know, I had never met them before. I obviously knew who they were. I doubt, highly doubt they knew who I was. And got on the phone with them, just talked about, you know, my vision, how my, my love for the sport of lacrosse, you know, my vision of how I want to see lacrosse grow, how I want to, how I have opinions on lacrosse. I think it aligned with their vision as well, which was like the first check that box and as we you know continue to talk i think they realized uh, i knew what i was talking about i had a good mind for the game and you know they they liked my company and then it was off to the races from there but you know from not knowing them going into this and just seeing their presence on social social media i think when i when i f- my first game game i'll say game in quotations marks in the ml because i was on the sidelines in a polo shirt was against the lizards and i remember seeing greg out there taking faceoffs, and i was like you know on that lizards team they had greg they had paul they had um they had will manny they had um pinnell they had everyone joe walters was on that team that team was stacked and i was like yeah. 
this little shit on the sidelines in a polo shirt being like, <laughs> like these are guys that I watched growing up and it was a super cool experience. But then like getting to talk to them, I realized, like you said about Greg, Greg is so business savvy. He's been such a huge linchpin for this pro- podcast growing our social media objectives in our strategy. He's so savvy when it comes to that. And then you mentioned about Scotty. I think Scotty sometimes gets a bad rep on social media, but he's just the man he loves. Even though he says he doesn't sometimes love lacrosse, he fucking loves lacrosse Love and that. he has such a storied career. He is so good at what he does. I love seeing him coach these younger goalies and and pass on what he knows i think that he got better in every stage of his career which is hard to say for a lot of people and i think greg same way he got better from college to the pros and kept Mm -hmm. getting better and i think that's what separates a good pro from a pro that you know might have another job that doesn't isn't full-time lacrosse and yeah. these two guys that I'm so lucky to do the podcast with were full-time lacrosse for so long. And it shows how dedicated they were on continuing to get better um, and just how much they love the game. And now they get to give back to the game with this podcast. And I think that's so important. Um, you know, everyone listening might not always agree with our opinions, right? That's what opinions are. Everyone has them. Some of them smell. Whatever. That's what it is. Engagement's great. That's what it's all about. Good exactly. or bad. But I I respect their opinions so much, even if I don't agree with them, just because the things that they have done for the sport of lacrosse, it's it's awesome, and I'm just so happy to be able to talk to them once a week about you know their opinions on the sport. Yeah, and like as the or one more thing, I was fucking shocked of like the first time I met Scotty was at the PLL Championship in Philly after a year of knowing him. Um, I was shocked how fucking big he was, dude. And like, I was like the big rig, like, yeah, we know it. He fucking flexes on social and he looks big, but like, dude, he's fucking a monster. Um, so that was my the big rig for no reason. Yeah. But, uh, like as like a producer of this show and like torch pro and like for those, anyone like listening, that's like confused on what torch pro is like, we're just a sports media network. That's like powering the show right so we have different shows and franchises under our network rise up's one of them we have four other podcasts we have a woman's hockey podcast hosted by two olympians we have a mental health podcast hosted by an nhl player riley shane and tyler smith i do a podcast just talking to athletes about their journeys in sports we do video series docuseries vlogs we have a morning blitz newsletter so like that's what our business is and like we are freaking amped of like the success that rise up's had like we see rise up honestly at Torch Pro. It's like I'm watching the Vegas Knights lift the Stanley Cup right now as we speak. Like Spit and Chicklets is a massive show, right? So like massive show in hockey, and like they're two great personalities on that show with some other town as well. Like Rise Up's like the Spit and Chicklets of lacrosse, and I think it's gonna help grow the game. Um, it's been cool to see like the show kind of take form over the last um, 12 months into what it, the product is today and be this like consistent weekly thing that like lacrosse fans can come and they know what to expect great takes great knowledge and insight on the game from people who have been there um with a little bit of flavor and unfiltered fun so uh i think the product's perfect we're pumped at torch pro with like the success early success and the sky's the limit for for you boys and uh, excited to continue to watch and and be kind of the behind the scenes producer of this thing absolutely i i feel so fortunate that i you tapped me in i'm able to get involved with this i you know if you follow me on twitter 
I, I give my takes every once in a while where I see fit and I'm a little bit held back, but here, you know, you give me an outlet. Uh, I'm able to talk to just two veterans of professional lacrosse that know the game so well and really, you know, have an outlet to talk the game that I love. And whether it's, you know, we, we talked about a while, long episodes ago about, you know, advice for youth lacrosse players or high school lacrosse players or, you know, then we talk about the NCAA season and, you know, teams we like. Or, and then now pros. And we get these guys, these pros on. We get these college players on. And we hear their side of the story, right? We don't know everything that's going on in their lives. And we now have the opportunity to kind of peel back that curtain, see what's going on, and, and just have – different perspectives challenge our opinions like i said earlier and it's just it's awesome experience for me it's something that i'm so fortunate of being on and i'm so pumped that you know you heels have given me the opportunity to meet guys like greg and scotty and i i miss them today but you know you're a good replacement and uh it's been (laughs) yeah no sky's the limit uh one last thing funny story um like so torch pro it's we have six full-time employees right we're we're startup but uh we're gritty we get shit done um but the other four of the other guys are, are hockey guys. So our co-founders, Joe Pavelski, NHL superstar, stud for 17 years, um, all-star, all that. He has all the accolades. Um, and he, his co-founder, uh, his other co-founder is his best friend, Matt Fornitaro, our CRO, CEO. Um, they're all hockey guys. They don't know anything about lacrosse. I'm the guy who played college lacrosse and, like, in the lacrosse guy. And so when I, when I first started the show, they had no idea what was going on, right? They, they didn't know anything about the sport. Um, but now they listen to the show on a weekly basis and, and love it and become lacrosse fans. And they're even getting their kids into the sport. So it's, it's cool to see for me. But, like, we have a Slack channel, right, for Rise Up specifically internally. Um, and I'm like, yeah, this week's guest is, like, last year's MVP. It was Blaze Reardon. They're like, oh, that's – like, you got the league MVP. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this week, actually, the next one, it's the best player in the world, Tom Shriver. Like, he's coming on. Oh, this week it's like the the ML, uh, MVP of the PLL Championship, Michael Sowers, and like that every single week I was just like saying like the new best player, like their position or like this like great stuff. They're like, dude, like, dude, are you like bullshitting us? Because like <laughs> every single week the guess is like the greatest thing in the world, and it's just it's cool because like that has been. It's just like that's the status. Like to consistently get those guests, we didn't really talk much about the interviews that you guys have had, which have been awesome. Some of my favorite content to listen to. Um, but like the interviews are just like top tier in the sport, like getting the best guys, like even the team USA head coach last week, that, like that doesn't happen across like even spit and chicklets, like comparing it to that, they're not getting the top guys in the sport on a consistent basis to come on that show. And, and that's another huge bump to Scotty and Greg and their network and their access. But you're absolutely right. If you're a lacrosse fan and you're, you know, tuning in, we are so fortunate that we do have access to these top tier players. And I think that's what's special about lacrosse. And you see it at POL games when you go to them, how accessible players are. It's not where, you know, you're at an NFL game where they're barricaded off and there's security guards around them. Professional lacrosse players, where we are at right now in the world of professional lacrosse, they're very accessible. And, and that's a great thing for young fans because they're able to interact with them. It's great for us as a podcast that we're able to get them on. And, you know, we probably don't have to deal with as much like bullshit and, you know, jumping through agents and media people and PR. So it's nice that we do have that access. And if you are a fan of the sport, this is like we said, your one-stop shop for all of that good stuff. We do get the best guests. Um, 
If there's someone that you want us to get on we haven't got on, please tweet at us, and I promise you we can get them on. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, so, yeah, that's a wrap. Uh, if, you, if you're listening to the show right now and you're not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the damn podcast. Um, as, as Saib said, as we've talked about a little bit on this episode, I work at Torch Pro. I'm the producer. Go check out the rest of our content. Head to our YouTube channel. Head to our Instagram. Check out our Morning Blitz newsletter. Check out some of our other content. think you guys will like it. Um, but I'm pumped to see Rise Up continue to do big things. Um, and it's only up from here. And it's going to be a great PLL season. Lots of great content coming. So, Sibes, keep at it. Um, and maybe I'll join some more shows with Greg and Scotty, and I'll push their buttons a little bit. Hell yeah. Let's go. Great happening. All right. Let's go. All right. See next you, week. Until next week.